This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Thank you, Lord. Let's stand up. <coughs> that was our pre-service meditation. Just lift your hands to the Lord. Father, we dedicate this time to you. We dedicate all our time to you. Lord, be magnified in our midst. We worship you. We adore you. we enter in that place of rest and peace. We enter in, Lord, to the Holy of Holies. Lord, we're welcome. Open arms. We come boldly into your presence knowing you have freed us from all condemnation and guilt and fear and declared us the righteousness of God in Christ. Thank you, Lord, that we come before you children, as your sons and daughters, we come to magnify, to worship you, that you're worthy, to give you honor and glory, to receive from you this morning that, Lord, we want you to receive from us our love.
to his face, the things of this world grow strangely dim. They have no hold on us, and our fears, our worries, our doubts surrender to him. When we look upon his face, everything changes. Love never withholds. If love has it, love says yes to you. He will not withhold any good thing. He's not withholding his promises. In fact, he said yes and amen to them. They're ours. Love says yes. And our God is love. You had a loved one and you had healing, per se, in your hands. And they're sick. You would say yes. Because you love them. Love says yes. And God has said yes. An eternal yes to our salvation. He qualified us. He made us qualified to receive the promise. No wonder we're going to cast those crowns before him when we see him. Because we find that he's the author and finisher of our faith. We find that he's the one that gives us our next breath. We find out that it's all about him. <laughs> and we're going to rise up. I want you to look around and see this place full of people coming and receiving healing. People coming and receiving the promise of God. People coming and receiving the yes from God. The love of God. Oh, Father, we worship you. Thank you that you always say yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Because you're a great God. A God of love. We thank you for your promises, your provision. We thank you for the freedom that we have in you. We thank you, Lord, that that finished work of the cross, that you demonstrated your love for us. You paid a price, such a price, that provided us with healing and freedom, total salvation, spirit, soul, and body. We're so grateful. We're so thankful. Father, we do see this place filled. We see people coming and receiving freedom. People coming and receiving creative miracles. We see new limbs, new eyes, new hips, new bones, new teeth. We see new eardrums. We see new elbows, new liver, new pancreas, new lungs, new heart, new brain. Oh, God, we see it. We see it. We see it through the eye of faith. We thank you for it. We thank you, Lord. We carry on the ministry of Jesus they had in the earth. We carry it on. We preach the good news. We see the captives set free. We see people healed. We see those creative miracles. Father, we pray for the gift of faith. We pray for gifts of healings. 
the, the miracle working power of our God to be released in our midst. God, we thank you. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Don't be weary. Be renewed in your strength. Turn your eyes upon him. Look into his glorious face and behold his goodness. Behold his glory. Thank you, Lord. The same love that God has for Jesus is the same love that he has for each of us. And that love, that love rescued us. Forever grateful and thankful. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you as our healer. We worship you as the one who answers prayer. We worship you as the one that fulfills the dream and vision that you birthed within us. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, for being so wonderful. We worship you as the one that rescues our sons and daughters from a life of destruction and brings them into the household of faith. We worship you as the one who makes the impossible possible. We worship you as the one that will split the Red Sea for us to escape the seduction and the powers of this world, that Egypt that tries to overtake us, and we cross over to the other side. Thank you for the promised land. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we thank you. We're to live in promised land or the living Graceland, since we're in the Memphis area. Live in Graceland. Where do we live? We live in Graceland. <laughs> it's good in Graceland. It's always good. The lights are always on. Mm. The bill's paid in full. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, find someone around you and say, glad you're here. Thank you, Lauren. Well, I want us to uh, welcome Joanne. Let's, let's pray for Joanne before she gets started. Everybody stretch your hands up here. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for Joanne. We thank you for the calling and the gifting that you place within her. Lord, uh, a, a deep desire, more than a desire, Lord, it's a, a God destiny that you place within her to see the captive set free from every limitation of sickness and disease to see people set free to know who they are to know their identity to know that they're they're free from that guilt and condemnation that you have qualified you have made us acceptable in the beloved and God, I thank you that the word of God comes out from her today like rivers of living water. And I thank you that your word comes forth and it breaks and it demolishes and it shatters all doubt and all in belief. And it must flee this place in Jesus' name. And the word penetrates and breaks through. And we receive today. We receive revelation. We receive, Lord, miraculous power. We receive that renewing in our bodies strength 
of God. And Father, we speak and declare that the best is yet to come. Greater works, greater things are in store. And God, I thank you that this is a year of miracles. This is a year of breakthroughs. This is a year of harvest that the prodigal sons and daughters come home. This is a year, Lord, that Christians rise up and stop being passive in their complacency and rise up and turn and look at your face. They turn and look to you, and they look to the, <laughs> to the God within them, and they say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Flow through me. I want to live and move in you. I want to follow you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And we release our faith for the anointing of God to flow in of Joanne today. We thank you for her life and her dedication, her commitment, Lord. And we stand in agreement with her. This will not be like any other year. <laughs> in a good way. In a good way. And everyone said... Amen. 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 Let's give God Amen. thanks. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, good morning, everybody. So have we crossed into 2016 with good things or with baggage? Anybody have any baggage they want to leave alone and leave here today? Everybody's got something, I would think, wouldn't you? Well, glory to God. We're going to find out how to drop it, leave it. And more than that, um, a lot of times if we just let loose, the power of God is able to do things that we haven't even begun to think about. You know, sometimes when you come to these services, I don't know about you, but I do know about me, I leave free of something I never knew that I had. And as Pastor was praying today, what I saw in my spirit is that anchor of truth, it kind of, the level that it was deep down in there, it just kind of slipped on down and hooked up to a deeper level. I saw the big hook just kind of, I, it's kind of hard to explain, but I know that I know that I know that I have just gone a deeper level into truth. And... Um, and so what's here today, it's going to have to be of the Holy Spirit, otherwise it's not going to be. One of the things I've purposed for 2016, it's not about anything except what God is doing. It's what God's doing, what's important for God is important for me, and the rest of the stuff is wood, hay, and stubble. And, um, you know, I don't know what that means going forward in, in light of some things, because I'm a very prepared person. I like everything in the box and prepared. I'm very... You know, not that I'm organized in every area of my life, but I am working on it. But I like things to fit where things are supposed to fit. Don't you? And so when they don't fit in the box, sometimes I'm going, well, Lord, what about this? Do you ever do that? What about this? Well, I've had to deal with this for a long time. What about this? And if you've been walking a journey that is something, and something's been plaguing your body and plaguing your body... And I look around here, and everybody around here knows who God is, knows who Jesus is. It's led by the Spirit. And yet, 
You know what you're doing. You've been praying. You're prayed up in the Holy Ghost that you believe God for a lot of things, yet there's symptoms in your body. I have hope for you today. I want to stir you up. But the scripture says you stir yourself up. So right now, let's say I stir myself up to receive everything God has for me today. And I believe. I believe. I believe my God. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Now with that, I would like everybody to grab a piece of paper and a pen. And if you don't have a piece of paper, I um, grabbed a little uh, sticky note thing from out there, and I'll give you one. I said I did. Let's see if I really did. Everybody got a piece of paper to write on? Everybody have a pen? Okay. Now, what I would like for you to do is I just want you to reflect for just a moment. I want you to take a long time, but I want you to reflect, and I would like for you to write down three to five things that you are grateful for. Grateful. Mm -hmm. Three to five things you're grateful for. And while you do that, I'm going to do it. should talk while we're doing this. Okay. And as you're writing these things down, if you think of a few more, write them down. We're going to do something with these. All right, when you get done, just hang on to them for a second. I, wanna, I want you to just think about a scenario. We all love our kids, don't we? Even when they do something that we don't really like, we still love our kids. And when they do something that really ticks you off, you still love your kids. And when they do something that hurts you down to the quick, you cry, you forgive, and you still love your kids. It's like that. You'd like to rip every hair out one at a time so that they understand that what they're doing is not the right thing, but you still love your kids, right? Now picture one of your children coming into you and they come into your house and they bring with them this big monster box of problems and they said, but wait folks, I still have more in the car. And so all the time that they're in front of you, the only thing they do is talk about their problems. They hadn't even said, hey mom, hey dad, how you doing, love you, kiss, kiss, none of that. All they do is talk about their stinking problems. And you're there ready to help, ready to do whatever you can, if they will just shh and listen and then have corresponding actions to what you're saying, right? Do you not think sometimes we do that to God? Everything is no good. Everything is not right, you know. But yet, when we look around, the circumstances, what we have, especially in this nation, as much as we look at the political landscape and how awful it looks to some of us, and we know that we're going to face some things coming forward, and if all we do is major on the problem, and you're in the presence of the holy, holy one of God, 
but one that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ask or think according to the power that worketh in you. That wonderful God who said, I am disposed to show favor. My tender mercies are over all my works. Well, I'm one of his works. Are you one of his works? Well, praise God, his tender mercies are over you. You know, that God, and do we take time to say thank you, to just praise them, just go through and spend a few minutes every day and say, Lord, I thank you that you provided. Look, at I have a house. I am not out in the weather. I thank you that your love never fails. It never gives up on me, even when I give up on myself. I thank you that the goodness of the Lord brings us to repentance. If it wasn't for Jesus, I would spend eternity in hell away from you. But I'm so grateful and I'm so thankful. So I just want us just to spend a moment and just, as a matter of fact, let's go ahead and play the, um, the one song. I just want you to look at your list and thank God during this song, okay? Just be grateful for what he's done. We don't have to come and get anything, but you know you get something anyway. There is a wonderful... There's a wonderful release of God's power. And the other thing is when you're grateful and thankful, the enemy flees. He doesn't like it. Now, I don't know about you. I'd like to be enemy free, wouldn't you? Now, listen, I heard this the other day, and I thought it was really, really good. Let's do the other one, please. Oh, no, that's it. That's it. Thank you. Um, uh, I heard this. There's only three times that the enemy ever attacks you. And I thought, okay, three times, all right. And so she went on and she said, the first time is in the morning when you get up. He's there. Your thoughts, he comes after your thoughts. If you're not already, if most people have not taken their thoughts captive. So he comes after your thoughts and he tries to get you to agree with him. And you have to decide every morning, whose camp are you going to be in? Are you going to be in the enemy's camp? Well, if you're practicing the things of God, it's an easy choice. But if you are not, or if the circumstances have dragged you down, beat you up, and you're a pole playing on the floor, and you can't hardly get up anymore because the circumstances have just come in your face so big that you can't see anything else and you have forgot that the circumstances are down here. But my God. My God, all we have to do a lot of times is lift up our eyes and open our mouth. So the second time he comes is at the end of the day when you go to lay your head down and everything's quiet. And have you ever had that where nothing is quiet in your brain? It keeps on, keep it on, keeps on, keeping on. One time I couldn't shut it off. I just couldn't shut it off. And so I told myself, I'll tell you what. If you, if I look at that clock one more time, I think the last time it was about one o'clock and I had had enough, I had to get up real early for work and, and um, I looked at it again, I thought, if you look at that clock one more time, you're going to go downstairs, you're going to take your stove apart. I've done this many times because of the rentals. I said, you're going to clean every inch with an SOS pad until it sparkles and it shines and you will not go back to bed until it's completely done. Do you understand me? My conversation to myself. Now, I'm a woman of my word. I will do what I have committed to do. And I said, I am not fooling. Do you understand me? That's the last time. I think it was 2 o'clock was the last time. It was around there between 1 and 2. It's the last time I looked at that clock. Is after I said that, I didn't look at that clock again until the alarm went off the next morning. Do you know you can take your thoughts captive? Well, I didn't know back then what I know now. You can take the word of God and take your thoughts captive. 
It's really a simple thing to do. And if you're practiced in it, you can do that. So at the end of the day, that's what you do. You take every thought captive, and every thought demands, every thought that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God demands a response. What do we mean by that? Thoughts never override thoughts. Words are the only thing that will ever over, override thoughts. So if the thoughts are bombarding, you will never be healed. You know you've had this since 1919. There's nothing anybody can do. All the doctor said, there's no hope for you. That's every thought that you cannot find in the Word of God. It's an inoperative thought. It is a thought from the pit. It is not God's thought. It does not belong to you. And so when you have those thoughts, if you would train yourself and say, that is not my thought. My God is able to do this. Now, in the beginning, I can tell you it's a little tough. And sometimes it's a little repetitive. When you say that, you know, 25 times in 30 seconds, you know, you're tired of it. But you know what? Keep it up. The devil will flee. So that's the second time. And the third time is all day long. <laughs> so that was the answer to the question, was it not? <laughs> you are always going to have to use your faith. And for us, a lot of times it's not a faith problem anymore because we're built up with things of faith. It is believing exercising that faith that you have. It's actually believing God will do for you what he said in his word. We a lot of times will believe God will do what he says. But when it comes to me, you know all those circumstances that are different. You know, yeah, but this is extraordinary. This is, the doctor said, this is the worst case they've ever seen ever. And, you know, we get a little pride jacket going on, and we put it on, and we think, do you know that this is the worst case they've ever seen? And all you're doing is sinking in the opposition's position. That's all you're doing. You know, how funny would it be if you were fighting a war, and you allowed somebody from, <laughs> I guess that's not really funny because we do it in this nation, but... You allowed somebody from the enemy's camp come in and set up camp in your place. And he was allowed to bring friends in. They were allowed to do whatever they wanted to do, but it was your right and your territory. But you knew what was going on. But then you're surprised when you're overtaken. Well, you know, anything that we allow that is not from God is that enemy encroaching on our territory and setting up camp. It's so much easier to evict them when you first notice a symptom. So much easier to evict them. You get them out, go, you start using the word of God on them. But you know what? One step before that, if you will get with the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit what scripture to use, you're not going to be shooting blanks. all Well, not blanks. I shouldn't say that because none of the Word of God is blank. You're not going to be scattershotting everywhere. You're going to take one shot. You're going to hit that sickness and disease with everything you have, and it's going to go. You have something that turns inside of you. So with that in mind, what I want to do is just take a moment. We're going to take about four minutes. I get this, this is, and we just want to bless the Lord, thank Him. Everything that the Holy Spirit brings to your mind, Go ahead and roll it. Everything that he brings to your mind, just thank him. Thank him. Use the words of your mouth so your ears can hear. It doesn't have to be real loud. We just want to spend some time just thanking God. Bless. 
rising of the sun over us to the setting of the sun. Though there's pain in the offering, oh, blessed be your name. Blessed be, blessed be, blessed be. Father, we just bless you and thank you. Now, Father, every list of blessings that we lifted up to you, I just thank you for them, Lord. In every, everything, in every person's life today here and those that are listening by CD or tape, or Father, I'm asking you to explode that thanksgiving in their heart. And as we go and we praise, we receive your love, your mercy, your goodness to surround us and flow out of us, Father. Father, I thank you that, yes, every chain of bondage right now, I speak to you in the name of Jesus. And I curse you at the root and I cut your hold on these people right now in the name of Jesus. Ah. You cease and desist your maneuvers against them in the name of Jesus. And I speak life. I speak healing. I speak wholeness right now in the name of Jesus. Every chain of bondage, broken, destroyed because of the anointing. Now you walk out of that right now. You move whatever was bound. You move it out because I see that chain just broken apart. But you can't move out from it unless you move. Move, move, move. The jail cell can be open, but if you never get out, you're still in jail. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And thank you, Father. We just bless you. I thank you, Father, for miracles today. I thank you for miracles. I know, Father, that there is not one person that will leave the same way they came today. Not one. We will not allow even one to go away without freedom. Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. All right. Thank you. Now, listen, we just turned our stance from one place to another, did we not? Everything turned right back to God. And so when the enemy comes after you, the one thing that is important to remember is if your eyes are focused on your problem... You've taken the enemy's hand and you're agreeing with him. Your eyes have to be focused on Jesus. Your eyes have to be focused on the word of God and what he said. What he said. What he said. If your words will line up with his words, you will have what you say. That's straight from the Bible. Very simple, isn't it? Well, how can what I say have any effect on anything? Well, in my email this week. I can say it this way. What does your words have to do with anything? Frankly, everything. Everything. Your words have everything to do with uh, coming out of victory or staying in bondage. Now, any sickness, any disease is from the enemy. We all agree with that, right? God didn't give it to you. It, well, this, let's think about this for a second. If God was going to give it to you, where would he get it? He doesn't use the enemy's tools, right? Well, have you ever heard anybody say, well, God gave it to me to teach me something? Well, a couple questions there. Number one, 
Does he use the enemy's tools? No. Number two, uh, did you learn anything? Number three, did you go to the doctor to get it off? Well, if you went to the doctor to get it off, then you must not have believed it was from God because you're trying to get rid of it. Why don't you ask for more? Isn't it fun? No, 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 no. Pastor said this one time, and I thought, ooh. He said, if sickness and disease were actually from God, you would have to use your faith to get it. Oh, man. But do you know... That is such a true statement because people are out there using their faith every day to get it and to hang on to it. Can't tell you how many people, oh, no, I can live with this. Oh, no, this is nothing. I just want to take a pill and get it done with. You know, well, I want to be free. I don't want sickness and disease in my body. I don't want pain in my body. I don't want to be limited because every area that you're limited, you are Taking what you, God's very best for you, the very best God has. Who thinks, let me, let me interrupt myself here, who thinks that God gave them a plan that included to be bound up by sickness and disease for 10 or 20 or 50 years? You think that is God's best? You're serving a different God than I am. Because my God said that I know the plans and purposes for you, and therefore good and not for evil is sickness, good or bad, bad, to give you an expected end. used to wonder about that expected end. But as you read and study those things out, that expected end is a God end. Abundantly above all you could ask or think according to the power that worketh in you. He said, I have come that you have life and have it more abundantly. Now, have you seen more abundant life yet? I've seen little glimpses of it, but I don't think I've even seen more abundant life. Even my little glimpse I don't think is even more might be a little abundant, but it's not more. I want what he said I could have. Is there anything wrong with that? Why don't we go after it? Why do we settle? Get tired? Kind of sit down? I mean, that is the natural way, is it not? not? There's no condemnation in anything I say. I'm just stirring you up that you can go after and believe what we're going to show you here today. See, it's all right, but you can't sit down in a storm one day. I think I said this last time. One, one day, um, God showed me. I was weary from what was going on and just tuckered out. You know how that goes sometimes. You just want to sit down. You just want to be left alone. Don't talk to me. Don't look at me. Don't want anything. And uh, it's amazing to me because usually when I'm in that state and somebody wants prayer, I'm thinking, oh, God, I don't have anything. And God says, but I have everything. And so sometimes that's the best time. To pray, you know, because if you can let yourself alone and go after the things of God, you allow God to flow like things you've never seen. It's a wonderful experience, but it's not the place to be. You should surrender because you want to surrender, not because you're so miserable you can't do anything else. And so I'm sitting down, and the arrows are flying. Now, I was in a generational war because there were bow and arrows, there were guns, there was uh, 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 multiple arsenal of guns because it was going shh, but then there's bows and arrows and then people had shields and people had swords and they were running and doing whatever and I was tired I sat down on a rock I said I don't want to play no more I'm done and God's steadily showing me how actually goofy that is how long are you going to last in the middle of the battle with bullets blazing and arrows and stuff and you just don't want to participate anymore what's going to happen to you 
you're gonna, that's going to be the end for you. That is going to be the end. And I'm here to tell you, if you're going through something and you're barely enduring and you're not seeing the victory, you're on the rock sitting down. You're not doing anything. Because in this life, we are called to be very courageous. Only be strong and very courageous. But we're not courageous in self. We're courageous in the things of God. Let me read you something. Let's start there. Let's figure out where I want to go here. 2016. Um, every year that we look and you face the things in your life, if you make an accounting of everything that's going on in your life and you look at uh, the list of things, what you have versus what you don't have, what is going wrong, we, we center and we hone in on those things that are not going right and we wonder why they're not going right instead of turning our view back to what God says about it and taking the word of God, which is the power of God, and applying it to the situation and to your life and start going after what God said to do and get the level of your view off from here and up from over here. I want to read you this thing. This is from Jerry Savelle. He said the following prophecy was given to him in October of 2015. He said, extraordinary things are taking place in the heavenlies in 2016 will come to be known as the year of the great breaking loose. More and more notable miracles. Notable miracles. Now, miracles are pretty cool in themselves, right? I mean, I'd like to see bunches and bunches more of them. But he said, more and more notable miracles will break loose in the earth. More and more signs and wonders, more and more angelic visitations, more and more instant healings, more and more deliverances from demonic activity, and more and more finances will break loose so my people, my people can do more for the kingdom, saith the Lord. And during this time, the great breaking loose, the enemy will no longer be able to hold back that which my faithful ones have stood for in faith. Not even the things that looked as though they would never come to pass. For I will cause them to break loose and to suddenly manifest and do so in such a way that no one will be able to deny the greatness of your God. Yes, 2016 will be a year in which the faithful shall be rewarded beyond their highest expectations and they shall abound in my blessings as never before. I receive it. Do you receive it? I receive it. But do you know that that will not be for you if you do not wrap your words around it, start taking it in, start speaking it over yourself, and believe that's a word for you. Now, God is no respecter of persons, right? What he said to one, it applies to anybody, whosoever will grab it, right? So you can take that prophecy and use it. I want to show you one more. Will you run Kenneth for 2016 short? Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. 2016, whatever you want it to be, it doesn't have to be the way it was before. The whole point of the prophecies is when you... Are we set? And he said... 
What about 2016? 2016, the great year. And I sat there. Okay. Of what? Okay, the twenty, the great year of what? Nothing. Well, by this time I knew I was quiet enough. <laughs> and, and I realized, oh, the great year. Okay, I can, yeah, I can do that. Mm-hmm. 2016, the great year. Okay. Well, days went by and, and then <laughs> weeks went by and, and, uh, and I, kept, I kept saying, uh, 2016, the great year. <laughs> and still, he didn't say anything. I'm talking about weeks now had gone by. Getting into, into months now. And we're get, coming right up here at the, at the close of the year. And, and I was writing my partner letter just a few days ago. And I sat down there and I, to write that letter. And as usual, I've been praying over that letter for 30 days now. And I'm right, I'm sitting in the chair, pen in hand the total writings on the paper is dear partner. <laughs> this is nothing new. <laughs> it's been going on like this for a long time. And, and I, I wrote up at the top, 2016, the great year. And I thought, well, man, I guess maybe it's just a great year. I, 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 <laughs> and I, I said, well, okay, Lord. <sighs> and just as I, I started to begin my letter, he said, let your faith fill in the blanks. Oh, Jesus. Oh. Come on, sir. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, I thought, oh, why I, sh I should have got that three months ago. I should have known what he's doing. Do oh, yeah. Yeah. The great year of. Healing. Yeah. Financial breakthroughs. And so I, I began, then, then of course, I, I backed away and began to seek the Lord. Okay, here now, what are my priorities here? Man, I, and I started uh, my great year of, and, and then the more, I, the more I prayed, the more I thought about it, the more I looked into it, the more excited I got. And before I got to the end of that letter, he said, whatever your faith in your heart can believe you can have it in 2016.
whatever. And, and then as, as, he be, as he began to get more talkative about it, and, and he said, now, don't, don't start backing down and making room for what you can do. He, no, he said, don't do that. He said, if you start putting things on there that are possible, he said, you're putting things on there that you can do. He said, I don't get any glory out of that. He said, you've been doing that all your life. <laughs> he said, step on out there. He said, step on out there. Get in my word and step out with your faith. And he said, let me show you my grace in 2016 and let me manifest myself in your life in the land of the living. Hallelujah. And I said, now, Lord, talk to me about that. What are you saying? He said, I want, I want others to see it. He said, I want to manifest myself to you in the land of the living. He said, I, when we get through it, 2016, you're going to have a testimony, brother. Now you can see when I got so excited tonight, he said, the eagle has taken off, man. Let the eagle fly. Amen. Hallelujah. If you can find scripture for it, if you can believe for it in 2016, you can have it. Glory to God. Ooh. Now, did you get the part that if you can do it, no faith in it, he's not, he doesn't want part of what you can do. But I encourage you right now, get your piece of paper back out. I want you to write down your impossible dream on your paper right now. He brought mine to remembrance when he was talking. Write down your impossible dream. Glory to God. Okay, once everybody has it. Okay, good. Once everybody has that, I want to do something with that. Write down your impossible dream. Everybody have an impossible dream? Not everybody has an impossible dream. All right, so if you don't have an impossible dream, I want you to put on your paper that you want your impossible dream revealed. And then everything that we pray for today, you want it to apply to your impossible dream. Now, when we're writing, well, while people are finished writing, let me just encourage you something. If your goals, if you don't have any goals, where are you going? You might say to me, well, you know, I'm 80 years old. Oh, come on, I have to have goals. Everybody has to have them. You don't have to have 100 of them, but you need to have a few every day. So I encourage you to, or a few every year, I should say, not every day. They don't have to be different every day. I would encourage you to write three to five to ten goals down. 
and start looking at them. Because if you don't have no goals, you're really not going anywhere. And how do you know when you've gotten there? You know, you know people say, well, I want to be better at something. Well, what is better? What is better? I want to spend more time with the Lord. How much more time do you want to spend with the Lord? See, that, that vagueness is not a goal. It's a little wish that you will never put actions to. What you think about, you will meditate on. What you meditate on, you will talk about. What you talk about, you will act on. That's just the way it works. And so if you're never thinking about anything uh, where you want to go, what you want to do, and if you're just in the moment of the day and whatever is getting your attention, that's what you're doing. And if you have sickness and disease in your body, what's getting your attention is sickness and disease. That is what is talking to you. You don't feel like going. The weather's raining. You know what happens when the weather rains. You know, I can tell. I have a relative that always tells me, I can tell when, it's, when there's a low-pressure system because this happens in my body. And all parts of me goes this. I'm thinking, okay, you have what you say. You want me to agree with you? Is that what you want? Be happy to agree with you if that's what you want. I'm not happy in that situation, but it's a wake-up call to say, listen, you have what you believe and you talk about. You have entrenched it in you. It will come to pass. And so why not get, why not get your goals and stick them up on your refrigerator or cabinet and walk by them and talk to them? Talk to them every day. Talk to them every day. Look at them every day. What you keep in front of your eyes, you will move towards. Even your subconscious is designed to build in and go for those things that you've set. And so in doing that. Okay, everybody have their impossible goal or I don't have an impossible goal, but I want it revealed to me and everything that we pray for. You got it written down? All right. Lift them up. Father, in the name of Jesus... We bring the impossible goal to you, the impossible thing, the impossible thing that we can't do. But, Father, I know that we have been given the spirit of might, and that spirit is the God-given ability to do all things possible and impossible. And that we overcome every obstacle by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony. And as we give unto you, we receive that which you said is ours. So we bring this impossible goal before you. And I'm asking you, Father, according to your word, to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us where this impossible goal is concerned. And we label this impossible goal our 2016, we, we grab it, it's our 2016 faith release to receive because you said we, anything that we had faith to receive, we could get it. And so, Father, we take hold of it right now, and we receive it, and we call it done, and we will hearken to your word. We will hearken to your voice. We will be quick to hear and quick to obey what you tell us to do regarding this goal. We will keep it in front of our eyes. We will declare its existence and its finality that it is done because it's written in your word. All things that we desire when we pray, if we believe that we receive it, that we have it. And so we believe, we receive what we have asked for it, and we thank you for it, and we call it done in Jesus' name. Yes, in 2016, Father, we seal it. We thank you for abundantly above. 
We thank you for the miraculous. We thank you for restoration. We thank you for every goal here, Father, every impossible goal to Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, if you're serious about your impossible goal, write it down, stick it up where you can see it, and start talking to it. Now, if you will ask the Holy Spirit for the Scripture or Scriptures that support what you've asked for here, put them up next to there. And then every day, just like, like you would a salve on a on a red spot on your body, you put the salve of the Word of God on that, and you call forth. Now listen, we received it, right? When you pray, believe that you receive. We took hold of it. So we're not asking God for it anymore, are we? Did you receive it? Amen. So when you receive something, you have it, right? Well, but I don't see it. What does that have to do with anything? Does what you see have to do with anything? Nothing. Nothing. What does the Word of God say? When you pray, believe that you receive, and you shall have it. Let's go to Hebrews 3. No, I'm sorry. Go back. Pardon me. I'm not sorry, but pardon me. Go back to 2 Corinthians 6. I want to read this real quick. It says, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and, be, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be sons and daughters, saith the Lord. Now listen what he says. He says, Come out from among them. Let me go back to 16. It says, and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. And as God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate. Come out from among them and be ye separate. What is he talking about here when he says that? There is a quality decision that has to happen here. If you want to see that impossible dream manifested in your life, you're going to have to make a decision to go after it. Now, I'm going to show you what I mean by going after it. And it's not the work of your hands that I am talking about. Because what you work for, you earn, right? Can you earn anything with God? Absolutely nothing. It's a free gift to those that will believe and receive. You can't earn anything. So if you're, if you're working to get it, you're in the wrong position. But he said, come out from among them. Separate yourself. That means separate yourself unto the things of God. Get the word of God going in your life. Get, get your mouth talking in agreement with what the word of God says. Now, why do you want to call the dog if you want the cat? See, people all the time, as Charles Capps said this, he said, uh, um, God told him, my people can have what they say, but they keep saying what they have. So when somebody says, and this is, this is really interesting, you don't have to go far to see it. You can just do it on Sunday morning. Ask somebody how they're doing. Hi, how are you doing? Now, Listen to what people say. Just listen to people around them. 
How many times have you heard this? Oh, man, I can't tell you. It's just been so rough. The devil's been after me. What does that tell you? What does that tell you? If the devil is after you, something's amiss. Because last time I looked, the armor wasn't back here, was it? He said, go ye. He didn't say, run from. He said, go ye. So turn around and take your sword of the Spirit and stick it to him. You had to not stick it to him. Here comes the problem. Because he's beat the tar out of you sometimes so much that it's like you're crawling. It's just you can barely make it through the day. Things are not going good and you don't feel like it. What does it have to do with anything? What you feel like, what does it have to do with anything? Let me help you. Sign language. Nothing. 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 Absolutely nothing. No thing. Nothing. So when your feelings start telling you that I don't, I don't quite feel good today, I don't think I can make it, um, I just, you know, you have already talked yourself into what you're going to do or not going to do. You have allowed the enemy to, uh, to tell you. And you know what I, I tell my friend, my friend called me the other day and She's been dealing with a lot of symptoms and a lot of circumstances, and people have told her, well, this has happened, and that's happened, and after this happens, this happens. And, and, um, and so she's been saying everything. Well, I, I, can, I can see her backing up, and she's backing up, and she's backing up, and I can hear fear rising in her voice. And you know what it does to me is I, I, I detest fear. I detest it in every form because I know the bondage that comes with it. You know, so it's kind of like... I'll tell you what. And we start talking about what God, I said, ah, what about what God is doing? What a, isn't God bigger than that? Well, yes, he is. Well, what about he sent his word and he healed you and he delivered you? Yeah, but you don't understand. The doctor said that I, I just don't know. And I, 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 I said, well, I know. I said, I know. Take authority over the fear. Take authority over the fear. Speak what you want, not what you have. Just because they said it, so what? Who are they? Wouldn't you like to get the they? I'd like to get them sometimes and rope them up and put them where we can't have them anymore. They. So what if they said? Who are they? Why do you allow somebody who has little importance in your life to speak something into your life and you take it and you run with it? Well, I don't like the way you look. She doesn't like the way. And all day long, you're involved in something that doesn't have any life in it for you. Does it have life? So, what do your feelings have to do with anything? Absolutely nothing. Your feelings are the lowest sense. Now, God gave them to us, we can enjoy them. Praise the Lord. I like that part. However, I have to tell you this your feelings are routed or are rooted in uh, the enemy's territory. Because that's the only way the enemy can get to you is through your feelings. If he can make you feel like this is never going to work, like you'll never be above and you're always going to be beneath. And if because for the last 25 years you've been barely scraping by and barely making it and, and this sickness has come and that has come and, and you have a little victory, but you're never all the way, all the way victorious, guess what? He wants to keep you there. So here's my advice to my friend after we get done praying and getting rid of the fear and all that kind of stuff. I said, every time he tells you you can't do something, I said, you go right up to the line. I said, and then stick your toe over. 
And then I said, you have a new line. So, so you stand there. And he comes back and he says, you can't do that. I said, go up to the line and then stick your toe over. Stick a little bit more over. Every time he tells you you can't move something, move it. And just move it a little bit more. Do whatever he tells you you can't do. He's a liar. He's a loser. Doesn't make any sense. He's lies. He lies. Don't believe the lies. Just because they say, now thank you, Lord, for doctors. You put them here to help us. Glory to God. But the medicine is never the cure. It is the thing that keeps you coming back, spending your resources. It keeps you attached to that system of this is the way we have to do it because if we don't do it this way, there's no other way. When you will start, now listen, that does not mean you stop any medicine. I want to be perfectly clear about this. God will show you what to do and how to do it. It's like that one time they said, um, uh, they said, you know, people were believing for healing and they just didn't know any better. It wasn't a bad thing, but they took their glasses off and they stomped on them. So all they had to do is they had to drive a whole bunch of people home because they couldn't see. (laughs) You know, that's not the way. But if you will build up your faith where that is concerned, and build, well, how do you do that? You take the word of God and you put it in you 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 until you feel like you can't put it in you anymore and you put your toe over the line and put it in you again. Sometimes the power of God hits you just so suddenly and so wonderfully, you're not even sure, but all of a sudden you're running around and you're singing in the Holy Ghost and something happened, a gusher came up. Who knows why? Because you're, you, you're steadily, you're steadily, what you're doing is you're training yourself to resist the enemy and to submit to God. So every thought that comes up here is the battle is always up here. Let's go to Hebrews 3. I just want to show you something, and, um, and I think we'll wrap it up. Let's go to 3 and 12. It says, take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. Unbelief. Does anybody think they have any unbelief in them? That's an awful thing, isn't it? I don't want to think I have any unbelief. But you know what? If I had no unbelief anywhere, I I would be doing some other things in some areas, would we not? So he calls unbelief an evil heart. I don't want an evil heart before God. I want to be pure. I want to receive. And if I forget at the end of this, remind me of something that God showed me a couple months ago about casting care. Um, so, uh, in any, uh, so take heed, be aware of, that if you have an evil heart of unbelief, in departing from the living God. So unbelief makes you depart. But exhort one another daily while called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Now, I would think everybody in here today, we're not out there doing any sin, sin type of thing, right? So, let's just think about this for a second. If God has told you to do something and you haven't done it, are you in sin? See, it's not quite as pure. It's not a matter of being, doing these horribly wrong things. But all sin is sin. And basically, it just separates you from God. And so even the little things, they're deceitful because they start out very small, unobtrusive, 
It's sort of like the devil doesn't come and say, I'm going to kill you tonight. Because you're like, oh, no, you're not. Get out of here in the name of Jesus. But uh, if you get a pain in your body and that pain lingers for a couple of days, the devil works on you and he says, okay, well, you got that pain in your knee. You know, your mama had that. So did her mama. And you know, it runs in the family. Somebody asked me the other day, did something run in my family? I said, I don't know. I don't care. You know, inside of me, I know the history. But if you think I'm telling you anything, I've been redeemed. I've been separated. I don't care where it ran, where it came from, where it went. It is not coming here. So what does it matter? We're not talking about it. So anyway, back to the point. <laughs> I know. I'm off track. <laughs> the deceitfulness of sin. Oh. He doesn't come and say, I'm going to take your life. He comes and says the little things. It runs in the family, you know, and you're never going to get rid of this. And then you go to the doctor, which doctors are good, and then the doctor says, well, you know, you're going to have to live with this all your life. Well, that's what they said to me about blood pressure problems. I said, well, how many people have ever come off of blood pressure medicine? He said, well, in my practice, none. I said, well, then I'll be your first. It wasn't six months. It was not six months, you know. And when I look back, I think, well, the, the, the sad part of that is, is I should have I caught it right at the very beginning and done something about it. And I've learned over time, if you will catch it at the beginning and not be weak at that point, that you won't spend a lot of time dealing with the other. But let's just say you've got something and the devil has entrenched it pretty good in you. And remember, every sickness, every disease comes from the enemy. God comes that you have life and have it more abundantly. That thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and destroy. Steal, kill, and destroy. That's all his motive is. He doesn't like you. He hates you. He wants you out of the picture. He wants you incapacitated. He wants you to not fulfill the God-given life that you're supposed to have. And, you know, when God gives you something, don't you know it's abundantly above anything that we could ask or think? Much more excellent in every area. Even when you're somewhere where you don't want to be, if you're in the will of God, there's peace, there's joy, there's wonderfulness in the midst of the storm. You can go through horrendous things and not be touched while others are just melting in a pile next to you. And you can pray, you can help them, you can do everything, but unless you want to, they want to do it for themselves, it's hard to rise up. So the deceitfulness of sins will come as a little bitty thing, but then it will grow over time. And pretty soon he'll be telling you, you know, you know, your granddaddy died of that early. Everybody in the family died at 50-something. And then what, what starts to happen? You meditate on it, you think about it, you meditate on it, what happens? You start telling your friends, you know, everybody in my family at 50, they had a problem. But, you know, I, I, that's not going to happen to me, glory to God. Well, you can say that, but if you're not hooked up with the power that separates you from it, you can say it occasionally, but if you're telling everybody you know that that is the thing, all you're doing is you're taking in and you're sinking the enemy in your property. Every time you say that and take that, you, well, what am I supposed to say? Well, bless the Lord that may have run in the family, but I've been redeemed because Galatians 3.13 says that Jesus bore it at the cross. 
He, well, he, he bore it all. He took it. I'm going to say this right now. We'll go back to Hebrews. I want you to think about something, casting your care. When you cast your care, the scripture says to cast your care into Jesus, right? For he, for he cares for us. Now, he said, take no thought what you should eat or drink, right? And he said, be careful for nothing in all things. Give thanks for this is the will of God concerning you, right? Those are all scriptures. So how many times have you said to something, hey, see you later, be careful. Oh, yeah, I will. No. Be careful means to be full of care. I'm going to be safe. Now, okay, you say, well, that's a nitpicky little thing. Well, the devil's a nitpicky little thing. And he's a legalist. And what you're planning in, that's why it's so important. In Malachi 3, it says, your words are stacked against me. The Lord says, your words are stacked against me. If your words are stacked against God, he has no ability to do in your life what he said and promised that he would do. So that's why the words of your mouth are so important. So how can your words be stacked? Well, I think I'm catching a cold. Duck. Why do you have to catch it? Duck. You don't want it, do you? Well, I think it's going to lay me up for three weeks. I won't be able to do anything. In other words, come and baby me. Right? And that what to hear? Because the attention is that way. So you speak the word. Now, when you take every care, so we're not supposed to have the care. Well, how do I not worry? Well, he said, fear not. Is worry not part of fear? So he said, fear not. Well, if he said, fear not, you don't have a right to go and say, well, Lord, I know you said to fear not, but you know, this problem is here and I need help. Well, what is he going to say? He's going to say, what did I say about it? What's in the word? What does the word say to do? Do what's in the word. You know, if you do what's in the word, you'll get the word results. If you do what's in you, you get your results. You like your results? Some days they are not so pleasant, I'm here to tell you. <laughs> so, when you go and you go, now picture yourself just casting your care onto Jesus. Now, how many of us have gone and done that and we give him the care and we turn around and walk away? Whew, I got rid of that care. Well, big whoopee. What did you get in return? You see what I'm saying? What did you need? Let's just say you couldn't make your house payment. Now, that's a cause for concern, isn't it? But he said, do not fear. He said, I will supply every need you have according to my riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Isn't that what he said? Well, if you can't fear, because you're in sin if you fear, and we don't want to be in sin, so what do we do? So he said, bring every care to him. So we go up there and we give him the care and say, Lord, I'm just going to give you the care of this. I can't pay my rent. Here it is. And you turn around and walk away. What do you have? Nothing, right? Well, what, what happened at the cross? Wasn't there a great exchange at the cross? There's a great exchange at the cross. He took my sickness so I could be whole. He took my poverty so I could have more than enough. He said, you're blessed to be a blessing so that you can establish his covenant in the earth. How can you bless somebody else if you have nothing to give? So when you go and you take your care and you give it to Jesus, don't forget to give him a hug. Get one too. Get from him 
but great exchange. What do you need? Well, Jesus, I give you this. I need my rent paid. I thank you for it. I believe I receive it. I need healing. I thank you for it. I believe it. Why just dump and not get the promise? Get the promise. Get what he said is ours. And if you'll spend a little time there, you'll get a whole lot more. Because our God is merciful. He's full of compassion. His tender mercies are over you. He's disposed to show favor. That means it doesn't matter. Somebody right now is thinking that they're, they're just not deserving of more. And I have to tell you, that thought is of the enemy. Because God, every one of God's children from the least favorable in terms of their actions, God doesn't have any favorites. But God loves everybody. And anybody that will hearken to him, he wants to, he wants to show favor. He wants to pour out everything. But we have to position ourselves to do that. So let's go ahead and conclude here. We're going to go. So... Don't be hardened through the deceitfulness of sins, for we have been made partakers of Christ. Now, Christ, if you look in, um, I'm thinking it's 2 Corinthians 1.14, if I have my reference right, it says the power of God and the wisdom of God. So he says, for we are made partakers of the power of God and the wisdom of God. It's also translated the anointed one and his anointing. So you can say that. I've been made a partaker of the power of God and the wisdom of God. The anointing of God is in me, on me, through me, residing and comes out of me to meet the needs of others. And don't you know when a river passes, if you get in it, it still flows to meet needs, but you get wet too. Isn't that a wonderful thing? If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end, while it is said, if today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. So he's saying, just like Mark chapter 4, have ears to hear. Have ears to hear. For some, how, uh, when they had heard, did provoke, how by, let me go, let's see, how by not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom was he grieved 40 years? Was it not with them who had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness, and to whom swear he that they should not enter through his rest, but to them that believe not? Here we come back to believing again. So we see then they could not enter in because of unbelief. Today, put your believers on. Turn your switch of faith up. Faith is the currency of heaven. That's how you get what you need from God. He's not withholding it from you. He's freely giving it to you. He said it belongs to you. The price has been paid for, but you have to get in the position to receive. Don't let the enemy tell you you're not worth it. Don't let the enemy tell you you've spent years and years and years and they say it's going to be always like that. Well, they can have their opinion. But the truth of the matter is he sent his word and healed you. He delivered you from all of that stuff. The facts are that all of these things has gotten on you and clung on to you. Now, where do you stand? You stand with the truth or you stand with the facts? That choice is yours. You can decide. Well, how do I get to where I can stand with the truth? The word of God. So let's look how we do that. Let us therefore fear. That means being reverence, least a promise being left 
Unto us entering into his rest, any of you should come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them. Why not? Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So see, again, not releasing your faith causes you not to receive what God has for you. For we which have believed do enter into his rest. And as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the word. Let me see. Um, For he spake in a certain place on the seventh day, and on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if, if they shall enter into my rest. There he says it again. Seeing therefore it remaineth for some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. See, unbelief is a big thing. All right, so let's verse 8. Let's go down to 8. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. So God is saying here, there remains a rest for you. All right, for he, this is the key, for he that enters into his rest, God's rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. For for he that is entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own way of doing things, shall we say, as God did from his. So let us labor, therefore. Let us, okay, so this is what we're working for. This is how we get into the rest. This is how we get into believing what God said that he will do, he will do for us. He said, let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, and it pierces even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts in the intents of the heart. Can I say it this way? You're not going to fool God. You can come to church and say, oh, yes, praise the Lord, everything's wonderful. You can do all these things, and if you're going around and you're backbiting and you're telling tales, if you're going around your mouth is going about how everything is not working for you, how everything is just so pitiful, and how every diagnosis has come and it's never going to be anything, and you come to church on Sunday, you say, well, praise the Lord. Everything is just wonderful. You put on a cute little package. It says the word is a discerner. He knows what you believe. He knows what you really think deep down in the innermost part. And it says, Neither is there any creature that is not manifested in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. He said, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was like all tempted... Excuse me, was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. Now, here's the thing. Let us, therefore, come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So, here's what it is. Position yourself to believe the word of God. How do you position yourself to believe? Faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith comes cannot not come. It's got to come, right? Faith comes. Put, 
Put the tapes on. Put the CDs on. Play them at night. Play them during the day. Get them in your eyes. Get them in your ears. Get them in your heart. And get them coming out of your mouth. Don't believe the lie. Don't believe the lie. Believe the impossible. Believe the impossible. Speak those those 2016 prophecies over yourself. I have these. These belong to me. Well, I don't see how any of that can come to pass. Well, you'll never have it come to pass in your life, but that's your attitude. You're going to have to change Romans 12, 1 and 2. You're going to have to have have Romans 12, 1 and 2 experience. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. That means caterpillar to butterfly transformation by the renewing of your mind. It's not even conforming to the word of God. It's not conforming to the word of God. It's transforming by the word of God. That means you have to do something. That means you have to do something. Glory to God. Um, I want to be obedient to what God told me to do. Uh, Roger, would you come up here? I want to pray for you. I want the pastor to come too. Just um, let me, let me. If you need healing in your body today, I'd like for you just to come up. Take every other chair. We're going to have uh, the team pray. God told me to do something specific. I want to do it, and um, uh, um, I want to be obedient. So. Uh, We're going to conclude with that. We're going to just thank the Lord. I thank you, Lord, for everything that you're doing, that in our midst, Father, we have asked for that no person leave the same way they came. And, Father, we have it by faith. We believe it. Every yoke of bondage, I speak to you right now. You have been broken already. That chain has been destroyed. Now, Father, I'm asking for courage, courage to rise up, that those that have been bound will be courageous and step out of old habits, step out of old patterns, step out of those things that have yanked them back with a renewing in their mind, Father, that they see, they see, give them a vision of themselves free from those things, Father. I thank you. Now, I speak to every organ and every tissue of everybody here, every organ, every tissue, every bone, every joint, every moral. I life you with the word of God. And I'm telling you right now, you will not malfunction. You will work the way that God designed you to work in the name of Jesus. The word of God is in there exploding and bringing healing and wholeness to these people's body right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for your divine appointment. Somebody's got a divine appointment here today. I think we're all here by divine appointment, but God is talking to somebody that wants change, but been afraid to step out, been hindered, been hindered. Doesn't think they can, and I see, I see, I see crying, I see tears. I see that person kind of hunched over that they just can't. It's been like this for all these years and they don't know how to do it. God said, I am the way. 
I'll show you. Step up, step out. I have freedom planned for you. I have, and it's not too late. No, it's not too late. I've got great things planned for you. Quit agreeing with the enemy and agree with me. Quit stacking your words against me and let's go for it, saith the Lord. Now let's go for it thing. I'm not quite sure that was of the Lord. I guess that was of me. Let's go for it. <laughs> Pardon me, Lord. I got excited. God said, you are free if you want to be. Now listen, anybody that needs healing in their body, that's for them too. There's no, God's no respecter of persons. He has something that you need. Get it and take it. Now listen, if you can't believe for something big today because your believer is only to a certain level, believe for one thing and go after it. Grab a hold, receive it, and see God work in your life. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. You are Lord, I'm a sinner.